you're listening to the Muslims Down Under podcast. In this podcast, we reflect on topics related to Islam and Muslims, those that are often ignored or misinterpreted. Open your mind to understand what unites us and become mates with Muslims. Experience discrimination, contemporary and Welcome back to another episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. Thank you all for joining us on one of the final episodes that we'll actually be releasing in this series. So we're very fortunate today to be joined by the managing editor of the Muslims Down Under platform, Bushra, who we have heard from on previous episodes as well. So thank you, Bushra, for joining us again. Uh, Peace be upon you. I hope you're having a great day uh, in Queensland. Peace be upon you as well, Sana. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. So in our previous episodes, we've been discussing modern day contemporary topics all in the context of the teachings of Islam. And, you know, we've been discussing topics like women in Islam, topics regarding culture and religion. And we've really just had deep discussions about all of these topics that people tend to have a lot of questions about. But a common question that people often ask and that we thought we would discuss in today's episode is how can reason and religion go together and why do we need to make sense of religion and the importance of logic when it comes to religion? And that's why we're going to be discussing the topic of rationalizing religion today. So without you know further ado, I guess we can just jump right in. So the first question is, why is rationality important in general? And um, what, you know, what is rationality? So rationality just means to be able to explain something with reason and logic. And rationality is important for a number of reasons, but the main reason would be that it strengthens our understanding or belief in something. And as intellectual beings, we need to understand why we do something. And, you know, this can be done once we reflect and we rationalize. So rationality is in actuality a God-given faculty and it's been given specifically to us as humans so that we can understand what is true and what is false. Otherwise, you know, everything would always be ambiguous. And in this sense, it also helps us differentiate between right and wrong. And if we didn't have this capability, we wouldn't be able to tell the difference between what is true and what's not true. So my next question then, um, you know, in line with today's topic is, Why is rationality important for religion? So when it comes to religion, we need to be able to wholeheartedly believe in that religion. It's not enough just to have faith, you know, without being able to understand why we have faith. Otherwise, our belief in the existence of God wouldn't really be substantiated. And unless we understand why we do something, we don't really understand the importance of that action either and, you know, the effect that action will have on our lives. So if our foundations aren't really grounded or justified, then what we practice would really just be superficial at best. And for this reason, I think it's important that our faith is based upon truth and sound principles so that we have contentment within ourselves, we have peace. Otherwise, it would not be beneficial for us and we would ultimately end up forsaking such a faith. And to put this into context, you know, we can take the example of modesty. 
For a Muslim woman, being modest and practicing modesty is really much more than just covering their hair. Unless we really understand what modesty requires in all aspects, it really becomes meaningless and superficial. And then it can also become very difficult for one to maintain this practice long term as well. Yeah, of course. So actually being able to understand why we do something as a part of our faith is really, really important. Yes, and many religions claim that having faith is enough and that rationality doesn't really matter, but no religion with any element of irrationality should be acceptable to the conscience of anyone. You know, why would someone want to believe in a religion that doesn't make sense to them? And for someone searching or investigating a particular religion, every action or every practice should be able to make sense to them using an open mind and a rational approach. And this is why Islam specifically emphasizes the importance of rationality and understanding its teachings. And it teaches one to question things that, you know, might not be properly understood so that their belief in these teachings are then based on a solid understanding. Yes. And also, according to Islam, Being able to rationally understand your religion is crucial to your spirituality because spirituality can only be developed after you can rationally understand religion. Because in a nutshell, spirituality is nurtured by morals done at the correct place and time purely for the sake of God alone. So it's important to be able to rationally follow a religion, understanding, you know, what is true, what is not true, understanding, you know, why certain things make sense within the religion. Um, And you need to be able to rationally follow a religion before you can actually understand how it can improve your spirituality. I guess my my next question then is, how do they complement one another or does rationality trump religion? Before we answer this question, I think we also need to understand that there is a common misunderstanding that there is no need for rationality when talking about religion, that religion consists of just certain beliefs that we follow because it makes us feel part of something, part of that community. But in reality, as we just said, rationalizing religion is very important because we need to be able to have a rational understanding for that religion, for its teachings to actually make sense to us. And this rationality needs to be something that is applicable for all of mankind so that everyone is able to experience it. But it's also important to know that reason alone has never been sufficient to attain certainty in anything. It has always required some sort of aid or support. You know, when we talk about science, this can be scientific experimentation. Or if we want to understand human behavior, then, you know, we look at historical records. So, you know, just like we do in science, if we base our understanding of concepts through our observations or experimentation, when it comes to religion and belief in God, we should also be able to have some sort of empirical evidence or proof. So, certainty in the existence of God, it can't be attained with reason alone. To believe in God without reason is fundamentally irrational. And, you know, in science, in the scientific world, for example, theories which are generated through reasoning, they're only accepted to be true once they are actually proven to be true using scientific experimentation. And these experiments are able to prove that the hypothesis is acceptable and true. But these days, you know, most secular scientists and people in general, they're trying to prove the existence of God using scientific experiments or equipment. And they're trying to create material evidence for the existence of a God that is beyond any material description. Anyone can understand that this would be very limiting using this type um, of method of investigation. You know, how can a 
being that is infinite, immeasurable to be tested or proven using man-made material means of experimentation. Using these ways of experimenting, the most that scientists have been able to do is just to hypothesize that there should be a creator. And, you know, reason alone doesn't give you that conviction or enough evidence that there is a creator. And to use these ways of experimentation or aid to support reason, it'll always remain limited. So it's very important that we find an appropriate way of investigating this all-intelligent, all-powerful being. And speaking of using appropriate ways to investigate something, to explain this a little further, we don't use our sense of hearing to smell a rose or we don't use our sense of sight to taste something. And, you know, we need to use the proper faculties we've got to be able to perceive something. And even in more scientific concepts like gravity, radio waves, or even something as simple as wind, every individual, whether they have any scientific knowledge or not, they know and understand that these invisible things exist because scientists have used appropriate ways of investigating them and proving their existence and you know each each and every day there is such a rich and complex world going on just beyond our veil of perception but just because we don't see it with our eyes doesn't mean that these universal truths don't exist and you know what science does know only represents a minuscule fraction of what likely exists beyond our perception. So in a nutshell, we do need some sort of way to experiment or investigate the existence of God, but this method cannot just rely on rational or a man-made material way of investigating. Yeah, and I actually really like that explanation when it comes to science and, and investigation. And I guess in that, in that same kind of line of thinking that just as the faculty of sight is useless without light and your lungs cannot operate without air – Similarly, with the faculty of reason, it requires an aid dependent on the nature of that investigation. So, you know, we're all human beings and we need reason to be supported by an objective standard. And when reason is supported by an objective standard, one is actually able to attain further certainty through repeated empirical evidence. So similarly, with when, we come, when it comes to the certainty in the existence of God, that cannot be attained with reason alone. Reason can only get you to a certain point, can only get you to, you to the hypothesis that there ought to be a creator. Reason has always required an aid, no matter what field of study it is. And, you know, as you explained before in science, reason can only come up with the hypothesis, but then that needs to be aided with repeated experimentation to substantiate our observations. And this is the same when it comes to the existence of God. So if someone wanted to find a way to obtain certainty in the existence of God, how can they do this? What would the support or aid be? So when we discuss rationalizing religion, this aid is called revelation. And before we get into what revelation is, in our materialistic, industrialized societies, I think it's important to come to terms with how little we really know. You know, we tend to condemn and scorn people who say that God speaks to them or people who make spiritual claims that might seem incomprehensible to the average person. But I think the fault doesn't lie in these seemingly outlandish assertions, but in our skepticism and denial of them. You know, we've only explored a tiny fraction of our visible ocean and only 5% of the universe is actually observable matter. So what makes us so confident to think that there can't be other methods of investigation that lead us to the truth of God's existence? And, you know, so we need to develop a realization of how small and limited our conceptual understanding of this universe really is. And true knowledge of something then cannot be attained through just our subjective perspective 
perceptions. They need to be based on an objective proof. So revelation assists in arriving at the conclusion that there is a creator because God reveals himself through direct communication. You know, as we've been saying, rationality alone isn't enough to experience a connection with God. When it comes to religion, we must be able to directly communicate with God, and this is achieved through revelation. And historically, we know that revelation has always been a way of communication between God and those most close to him, such as past prophets. And these past prophets were given direct guidance in the form of revelation from God. But, you know, we know that over time, people have distorted this guidance as a result of different interpretations interpretations or interpolations that have occurred over centuries. And in that regard, the Holy Quran is the only form of revelation which was preserved in its exact form and is unchanged. You know, His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Hulam Ahmed, who claimed to be the promised Messiah and Mahdi, and who is the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community, he explains that the beauty of Islam is that it provides you rational teachings with irrefutable arguments because it is based on sound empirical evidence in the form of the unchanged Word of God, which is the Holy Quran. The Holy Quran actually boldly professes to be the truth and many times presents challenges to those who doubt its veracity to produce a similar chapter which is replete with the same level of richness in language as well as concise but comprehensive spiritual verities. You know, it contains so many allegorical and prosaic truths as well as knowledge of the unseen and these were revealed in the most impossible of circumstances. Yeah, and the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, also explains that just as the physical world is replete with fields of unexplored knowledge, the same must be the case with the word of God, i.e. the Holy Quran, which manifests the same level of perfection in terms of its language, its depth, its consciousness, along with its comprehensiveness, and not to mention the circumstances in, um, in which it was revealed. Yeah, and the Promise of Sai actually says that no other teaching or law can ever replace it, for the Holy Prophet is the seal of prophets and the Holy Quran is the perfect book. No salvation is possible without following the Holy Quran. Why, you know, we're talking about the Holy Quran here and, and its importance, but why is the Holy Quran crucial for developing a relationship with God? So someone who belongs to today's society, who has the means for research and the right education, they may be able to come up with some truths due to these privileges. But if we look at the Holy Quran and the circumstances in which it was revealed to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in 7th century Arabia, in the middle of a desert, to an unlettered, uneducated man, and the great revolution it brought about, it tells us that the Holy Quran can in no way be from anyone else other than God himself. And the difference between Islam and other religions is that most of their religious books are based on narrations of events that have become myths or fairy tales over the passing of time due to human distortion. But every teaching that the Holy Quran presents is actually supported by rational, irrefutable arguments. You know, the Holy Quran is the Word of God, who is the creator of this universe. And this is not just a vague or outlandish claim. The Holy Quran actually demonstrates its origin being from a divine source in many different ways. For example, in the Holy Quran, we find numerous scientific miracles that were clearly revealed more than 14 centuries ago, long before modern day scientists started discovering them. You know, the Big Bang, the expansion of the universe, the existence of extraterrestrial life. Life, even the concept of evolution, all these and many other scientific phenomena actually described in the Holy Quran. Similarly, if we wanted to explore concepts of human nature 
or psychology or even societal principles like justice, equality and so forth. The Holy Quran lays down commandments and codes for social and moral behavior and it contains such a comprehensive understanding on these aspects as well. The Holy Quran also contains teachings which are universal in nature, you know, relevant for every time, for every level of society, for all aspects of our lives. And it is revealed according to human nature, which helps then nurture our faculties and no other book is able to do that. And this in itself is another powerful miracle of the Holy Quran. However, with all these claims, the Quran repeatedly urges the reader to arrive at their own conclusions using their own intellect and reasoning through critical thinking. And throughout the Holy Quran, the reader is constantly reminded to reflect, to ponder, and to think for themselves about what is presented in the Quran and its relevance as the Word of God. And when you follow the teachings of the Holy Quran and from, you know, what we've discussed, I'm understanding that it purifies your soul and enables you to establish a true relationship with God, where God manifests through you via true dreams, um, acceptance of prayers and, and direct communication with God. This process of attaining spiritual nearness to God is a gradual one. And I think this is something we all need to be mindful of. And and the reason for this is that it evolves as our level of devotion is improved. You know, the more we implement the teachings of the Holy Quran in our lives. And I guess for someone that's on this path, they should always keep their mind open to the truth and explore the Holy Quran whilst praying to God to guide them on the straight and right path. Yeah, and you know, in this day and age, the Holy Quran is the only credible objective means through which someone can actually enjoy a living relationship with God. And so, you know, the revelation known as the Holy Quran, it is essentially crucial for developing this relationship with God. And there is a wonderful book called Revelation, Rationality, Knowledge and Truth, and it was written by the fourth caliph of the Promised Messiah. And this book actually explores the ability of the Quran to correctly discuss all important important events of the past, present and future from the beginning of the universe to its ultimate end and it also explains how aided by strong logic and scientific evidence the Quran does not shy away from presenting itself to the merciless scrutiny of rationality. And as explained by the promised Messiah, not everyone can be a recipient of direct re revelation from God. That's actually wholly dependent on their individual capacity and aptitude, and if God deems it appropriate according to the need of the hour. However, every person can benefit from the Holy Quran. So I guess a simple answer to how to find God in Islam is to develop one's love for God by following the teachings of the Holy Quran and its practical application displayed by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Exactly, and you know, according to Islam, this is the ultimate objective standard which everyone can follow at their own pace and you know we must remember that everyone has different temperaments and aptitudes so everyone's journey with the holy quran will also be different and for many people establishing a relationship with god will start from acting upon some small fundamental basic teachings of the holy quran like adopting truthfulness or humility and you know this then gradually enables them to also act upon teachings like fast fasting and prayer and understanding the importance of these techniques as well. But it's important to remember that before you can get someone to take up this form of you know, experimentation, we must realize the significance of the Holy Quran and why it is the best aid for our reasoning to find God. I think that was a lot that we've discussed today and I think there was a lot of 
important discussion that we've had. And hopefully there's been something in this episode that all of our listeners have been able to take away. Yes, it's definitely been a very informative podcast today. And I do hope that our listeners have been able to keep up and understand this topic. Otherwise, you know, as always, they can get in touch with us to ask questions that they still might have. Yeah. And of course, the reason why we do pick topics like the one that we have discussed today is actually to, uh, you know, ignite conversation and discussion uh, within our own communities and our own social circles and to actually make you think of any other questions that you might have. So if this topic or this episode has reminded you of another question that you have or if you do just have an idea for a topic that we should discuss in future episodes then please do let us know we are active across all social media platforms like facebook twitter instagram youtube and you can find us at muslims dwn under and we're also available on telegram we have a channel there which is also at muslims down under and it's very easy to just pop your question in there or your feedback i'd also encourage you all to check out the website which is www.muslimsdownunder.com uh, there you can sign up for Coffee in Islam, for newsletters, um, and also just read up about, you know, what it is that the platform is doing. We've got editorials, blogs, um, articles, and that's also a really great source of information. I'd also recommend, my last recommendation, um, is to check out trueislam.com.au. It is a great resource for the true teachings of Islam, what it is that Islam teaches, what the Holy Quran teaches, um, and I think it would be a great starting point. And again, you know, after having a look at that website, if you have any questions, pop onto um, or hop onto any of the channels that I've discussed previously and we'll be more than happy to provide you with an answer or direct you to the best place to get an answer. So we'll bring uh, this episode to a close and we do hope that you'll join us on the next episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast.